This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. everyone this is the evil chocolate cookie bringing you today's edition of the jeopardy chronicles and since it's saturday that means spotlight and tonight we're going to have a very special spotlight very fitting of the day i especially held this one back even though i wanted to do it right off but i especially held this one back for today our our spotlight today is alex trebek and today would have been his 83rd birthday So I intentionally held back this spotlight for that. So really, there is so much that I could say, and at the same time, it would not be quite enough. Like what I'm what I'm seeing as a trend here, like a lot of game show hosts, Alex got his start on the radio in Canada. Back in, I want to say, 1960s or something like that. And interesting story that I was sharing with my own listeners on internet radio earlier today. Alex absolutely hated it when the DJ had to talk over the instrumental at the beginning of a track. Absolutely hated it. He said he wanted to listen to the music, not to someone talking over it, and would actually yell at the radio be like shut up guilty (laughs) so I I made a joke that that's a large part of the reason I don't do it talk over intros that is but we're not here to talk about me but yeah, Alex hated Alex hated when people would do that and yet he had to do it as a DJ on the radio. So yeah, he wasn't he wasn't too fond of that. And I'm getting these stories from the book he wrote called The Answer Is Reflections on My Life. That book is amazing. If you've not read it, go get it right now. I'm I'm serious. Go get it. Another one from his radio days that I can share with you here. He had to be on the air by 5 a.m. And they were worried about him oversleeping, so they had him record what they called a safety tape. And the deal was, if he overslept, they'd play the safety tape and his manager would call him. One day he wakes up and it's 5.03. And he turns on the radio and safety tape is not playing, no one's calling. So Alex quite literally gets up and runs all the way to the station and does not realize what's going on until one of his co-workers is talking to him outside and they're like, hi Alex, I didn't know you were working tonight. And then Alex realized that it wasn't 5.03 a.m., it was 5.03 p.m. Oh, I, I know people that have done similar things. I've done that. i I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh my god, I've slept forever. And then I'll realize that it's like 2 a.m. instead of 2 p.m. And I'm like, oh. 
No big deal. So, yeah, those those were interesting stories. Um, Jeopardy was far from the first game show Alex hosted. Um, I'm not sure if the I'm not sure if this was the first first game show he hosted. Um, first one I know about on TV was The Wizard of Odds for NBC, and there's only a couple of episodes of that floating around, and it is definitely an awesome show. I like it, at least. Um, after that was High Rollers. Actually, it's funny because The Wizard of Oz, there the Wizard, the The Wizard of Odds. I can't talk today went off the air on a Friday and was replaced the very next Monday by High Rollers. And I actually saw the episode, the last episode of The Wizard of Odds, it's available out there, where Alex explained that that was going to happen and it was just like, holy crap. Let's see, there was High Rollers, there was uh, Double Dare for CBS. I think that one only lasted for about 26 weeks but that show was some kind of cool i've never really talked about it on any of my podcasts but i loved it what i've seen of it i loved it obviously i wasn't alive yet but who gives a crap so i'm i think prime video has it so if you've not watched it go watch it right now i'm ordering you to go watch it right now uh, there was the $128,000 question. I'm probably getting some of these out of order, but I'm just giving you a list. And the $128,000 question, I have no doubt irritated Alex beyond belief. And here's why. Alex always said that the contestants were the stars of the show. That's why he was referred to as the host. He, he said he was just the host. The contestants were the real stars. Yeah, well, the people on the $128,000 question didn't follow that rule. They were all... It was just like, and now, here's the star of our show. Yeah, I'm sure that irritated the crap out of Alex. So, yay. Not. Uh, there was Battle Stars and the new Battle Stars, and those were kind of like Hollywood Squares. It was kind of a cheapo version of Hollywood Squares. Uh, I'm not saying it wasn't a good show, it w- but you could tell that it was very, very heavily based on Hollywood Squares. It's not Alex's fault, but a lot of people dock at points for that. I find it fun, but a lot of people hate it. There was also Pitfall, which was a Canadian show that never paid him. Or the contestants, because the production company went bankrupt. And that show had a very, very interesting format. Uh, The audience would, um, they had like these switches at their seats and Alex would ask a question, the audience would vote. And the contestants had to guess the most popular answer. And if they got it right... At certain, they got points, and at certain parts of, and at certain spots, they got what they call pit passes, and those will become important in a moment. So, and whoever made it to the bonus round would take their, their like their pit passes or whatever the heck they were called. It was something like that, with them to the bonus round, and they had to cross this bridge. And there were a couple of what what they call pitfalls on this bridge. If you stepped on one of those, an elevator would take you down below the bridge and take away 10 seconds of your time. To get back up onto the bridge, you you had to correctly answer a question. 
and then they would stop the clock and bring you up. If you didn't answer the question correctly, well, I'm not exactly sure because I don't think everyone, I don't think I've seen anybody miss the question while they were, you know, down there. But the further across the bridge you got, the more prizes you would win. It was, it was an awesome format. I just wish, you know, people had actually gotten paid. Because I feel like that was unfair to Alex, unfair to the contestants. Especially unfair to the contestants, because they didn't even get their prizes. Let's see, what am I, what am I missing? Um, he hosted a pilot of Lucky Numbers, which was supposed to be something like High Rollers. I think I have the pilot somewhere. Uh, I thought I knew all of these, but now that I'm trying to talk about them, I'm blanking. Of course, there was classic concentration. And then, of course, there was the 91 version of To Tell the Truth. I think it was 91. But in his opening, when during his first episode of To Tell the Truth, he thanked um, NBC for having him and said that... And I quote, this is the first show I get to host sitting down. (laughs) So, yeah, that was that was definitely amusing. And then, of course, we have Jeopardy. And the way he landed the hosting job at Jeopardy was kind of interesting. Um, Before they brought Jeopardy back. Alex was asked to fill in for a week on Wheel of Fortune because Chuck Woolery, who was hosting it at the time, was unavailable. I don't exactly remember why he was unavailable, but he was unavailable. So they asked Alex to fill in, and Alex did. And when they brought Jeopardy back and Art Fleming declined to come back because they were moving the show from New York to out to Hollywood and Art Fleming didn't like it. We've talked about that when we talked about Art Fleming. But they they got Alex to host it. And Alex also produced the show for the first three years of its run. It was actually Alex's idea to take the buzzer sound out of the game and to make it so that the contestants couldn't ring in until the question had been read in its entirety. Which is definitely appreciated. He thought it would help people playing at home because some people are going to bash me for this, but I did find those buzzers kind of distracting, especially in the Art Fleming days. The ones, the ones in the 84-85 season weren't so bad, but the ones in the Art Fleming days were kind of obnoxious. But yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely interesting. And it was, it's been very interesting, thanks to Pluto TV, to watch and see how Jeopardy has evolved over the years. In truth, there haven't been a whole lot of changes aside from the dollar amounts being doubled, the sky's the limit rule being introduced, and the five games limit being lifted. The set has changed a few times, the sounds and music have changed a few times, but really Jeopardy hasn't changed much. Even since 64. Um, The makeup of the clues has changed significantly since 64. But really the the show itself has not changed. 
Um, in addition to hosting a bunch of shows, and if I missed some, I'm sorry. I thought I had all of these memorized. But my brain is just kind of weird sometimes. So if I if I miss one of Alex's shows, I'm going to kick myself. So, yeah. And, um... I know there was another one, some kind of baking thing or something like that that he hosted, but I don't remember what it was, never watched it. Because it was on when I was, like, little. So I never watched it. Anyway... Um, okay, where was I? My phone's doing weird things, and I got confused. But, yeah, Alex hosted a lot of shows. It wasn't Je- it wasn't just Jeopardy by a long shot. Alex has done quite a bit. He's been a contestant on several shows. I know for a fact he was on uh, Card Sharks in the 70s. Um think he was on the magnificent marble machine he made an appearance in a halloween episode of wheel of fortune and i think maybe one more and in an interesting april fool's prank in 1997 he hosted wheel of fortune while pat sajak hosted jeopardy and what's really funny about that was pat sajak's wife was the letter activator because pat and vanna were the contestants on that particular episode of wheel of fortune it was just a two-player game and pat comes up to alex and goes who's that up at the puzzle board with you and alex doesn't miss a beat and goes i'll introduce you after the show i think you'll get along (laughs) that was that was funny but when i read alex's book I almost had an existential crisis. Because I saw so many personality traits that I see in myself staring right into my face. And I'm like, oh my god, what am I looking at? One One of my favorite things out of the entire book, he was talking about, you know, a typical day of his. And he mentioned, you know, breakfast and all that. And he said his breakfast for the longest time was a Snickers and a Diet Coke until his doctor told him to change it. After which point it was a Kit Kat and a Diet Pepsi. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he changed it, but that's probably not what the doctor meant. But it it's it's definitely interesting. That book is amazing if you can read it. And another thing that that book answered for me, at least partially, was uh, my Jeopardy club and I were talking one day, and one of us broached the question: Did Alex ever watch Jeopardy? The answer, my friends, is yes. Maybe not consistently, but yes. I don't know how consistent it was. I wasn't there. I can't say. But the reason I know the answer is yes. Is because when he was talking about James Holtower. First of all, he was talking about how impressed he was with James. And just the breadth of his knowledge. And James would answer something. And Alex would be thinking, how the hell did he know that? And I'm quoting that verbatim. But Alex also said that he was so impressed with James that he tuned in and watched every one of his games, even though he'd hosted them. 
So, the answer, my friends, to did Alex Trebek ever watch Jeopardy is a resounding yes. Like I said, I can't say to what consistency, but yes. Which really surprised me because, I mean, I figured he would just get tired of it, you know, being there all day some days and, you know, hosting the show. I didn't figure he'd want to watch it. But yeah, check check the book. You'll you'll see it. That that is probably one of the best books I have ever read. Another another of my favorite this is not from the book. I'm just sharing things that I've seen on on TV or stuff that he said on some of the shows he's hosted. He was kidding someone about a prize they'd won on classic concentration. And he said, you know, my first wife would like that. And he asked the contestant, said, hey, are you single? And the contestant's like, yeah. And Alex is like, yeah, well, so is my first wife. <laughs> and I appreciate that he did come back after the commercial break and explain, hey, it's it's all right. We get along. We get... She gets to kid me, I get to kid her, but I get the advantage of getting to kid her on national television. I I found it funny. And another thing that I really appreciated from watching Classic Concentration, they had a contestant one time, and Alex just could not get her name right. Like, her last name was something complicated. And he kept messing it up. And he finally said, you know what? You can mess mine up just so we're even. I don't remember exactly how he told her she could pronounce it, but the the point was he basically gave her permission to mess up his name just so they were even. I like that. I, I don't like to see someone's name, you know, deliberately messed up. That's not what I like. But I like that, you know, he was so chill about it. If you've never watched Classic Concentration, that's another one that I would definitely advise you to watch. And look at me, I've rambled on for almost 20 minutes. They could have taped a nice fat chunk of a Jeopardy episode in the time I've taken for this spotlight. But like I said, there are just so many things that I wanted to say. And there are so many little humorous anecdotes from that book that I didn't even get to. Uh, We may have a part two to this episode at some point. Just so I can get to stuff that I may have missed or correct anything I got wrong. Or, you know, any of that. Other than that, I am going to shut up and give you guys a break from listening to me. I've been talking at to and at people all day. My Jeopardy Club hosted a birthday party earlier today for someone who wasn't there. And if he had shown up, he could have had the club because I was leaving. <laughs> And then I was on the radio for three hours, which was awesome and fun. And I probably made some people cry with the stuff I played. And now I'm doing this. But just a little bit of housekeeping before I go. This is your reminder that one, I could possibly be late Wednesday because I have an interview at seven o'clock. And two, 
the Jeopardy season ends this coming Friday. It ends on the 28th. So I would like your advice on what we should do during summer reruns. If they re-air the Tournament of Champions, I will probably come and cover that. Because we didn't get to talk about the Tournament of Champions as it aired. So, otherwise, if they don't air the Tournament of Champions, there are a couple things we could do. We could just take a six-week break from the podcast and say, hey, we'll be back X, or X time whenever Jeopardy starts their new season, which we don't know when that's going to be. Um, we could just do our Saturday and Sunday programming, the Spotlight and the Strategy Corner. Or, since we can now watch Jeopardy 24-7 thanks to Pluto TV, I can highlight some of those games and anything else I can find out, out there on the, on the interwebs and the archives, significant games in terms of, you know, champions and people we may spotlight. I'm open to any other options you come up with. So, just give me your ideas... I'm, I'm extremely willing to listen to what you have to say. Unless you're telling me I'm wasting my life and that I'll never be anything. In that case, I'm not willing to listen to you at all. But that's really all I have for today. Um, once again, happy birthday to Alex Trebek. And as Alex used to say, so long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast, an evil chocolate cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast, an evil chocolate cookie production.